0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Cody. And I'm Brooke. And we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon.
1: You went to the new c Mix and Meet virtual meetings, right?
0: Oh my gosh, I did. It was so cool to talk to other like-minded individuals in the events industry. So many people showed up and I just had a really great time virtually meeting with them and sharing ideas and anecdotes about, you know, how we're all faring in these new work environments.
1: Well, guess what I just heard?
0: Oh my gosh, what?
1: The April sessions were such a great success that we're continuing to offer our C-Event Mix and Meets series in May. Mix and Meets are an informal virtual meetup where meeting and event professionals come together to talk, connect, and network. These are really cool open forum discussion-based meetups.
0: That is so awesome. Now, how do I sign up?
1: Well, our next round of meetups will be taking place in early May and more information will be coming soon. To check out topics and register for a Mix and Meet, visit cvent.com slash mix and meet to save your spot. That's cvent.com slash mix and meet.
0: Well, I will definitely be there and I hope to see you all there too.
1: And today we have Amanda Greenspan-D'Souza and Taylor Wertheimer from Cvent's Women in Leadership Initiative to talk about some best practices for virtual speakers. You're not going to want to miss this.
0: That's right. So let's get to the conversation with Amanda and Taylor. Amanda and Taylor, thank you guys so much for joining us today on the podcast. We'd like to start off with a little bit of background on both of you, how you ended up at CVENT, but also how did you become a part of this Women in Leadership initiative? Sure, so I guess I'll go ahead
2: uh, and start us off here. I joined CBEN in 2017. Um, I am from Virginia, but was living in Florida at the time, uh, working for a very large theme park down in Orlando, and I decided I wanted to move a little bit closer to home. Wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but knew I wanted to be in the hospitality industry still. Um, I didn't really know much about Cvent, but my sorority sister actually posted something on LinkedIn. I applied and I've been here ever since and absolutely loving it. When I first joined, I actually went to a women in leadership meeting before it was for the whole company at the time. It was just for managers. And it was an awesome event. I really enjoyed it. And we were able to be guests at that, at that point, but we weren't able to be fully part of the group. Enjoyed the meeting so much and was really excited about it. And then about a year later, they announced that. Anyone could join, regardless if you were a manager or or whatever that was. Um, so that's how I got involved with it. I'm, I, I'm really enjoying it. I've met a lot of awesome people
3: through the the um, the group, like Amanda. So hi, I am Amanda. Um, I've been with SeaVent. It'll actually be two years uh, in June. Um, I actually was originally a client uh, of SeaVent, so I was pretty familiar with. Uh, the company and the products that we host um, and when I moved to Virginia from New York I saw that there was an opening for Vent and I jumped right on it because it sounded like a dream come true job. Um, with Women in Leadership I was working with one of the uh, sponsors Carrie, Carrie Lambert really closely on booking rooms originally and I started working with her more and more on logistics and making uh, these events run as smoothly as they can be, and eventually uh, be coming on the events committee for it. Um, and it's been a really fun experience so far and it's, uh, I love being able to work with great people
0: all over. Yeah, and part of the Women in Leadership, um, for those of the listeners that don't know who aren't part of Cvent a lot of this is bringing in external speakers, um, people who can really give some great information back to the organization and really help to inspire women and leaders. And now that we're in the position we're in, you guys have really had to move this to a virtual experience, which has made you kind of experts to say the least on this live presentation. Presenter experience. And so I wanted you guys to kind of dig into that a little bit more. What things should we be considering as a speaker in a live or virtual event? And is there any advice that you guys give to these speakers to be the best virtual presenter they can be?
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's actually pretty funny because last year we moved one of our learning and development programs completely virtual uh, just to kind of cater more to our regional and remote employees all over the world because we. Just grew so fast that we needed to uh, cater to their needs a little bit more than an in-person setting. So we did this last year, and it's so funny to see how big it is now. Um, Some of the I learned a lot from that, and some of the tips that I would say uh, giving to anyone doing a virtual presentation, whether it's a small session or maybe it's a learning and development program. There's a lot, but some of the top ones uh, definitely make sure you're still just as prepared uh, for a virtual training or session and make sure you're preparing your physical space, like good audio, good lighting, but also just making sure that your computers and your screens are set up for maximum effectiveness. Because if you've got your Zoom window open and you've got your notes, uh, it can get a little crazy. So just kind of make sure you're prepared as much as possible and really a lot of that is making sure that you're prepared as well Uh, so doing whatever you need to do to feel confident and ready to present now that's different for everyone there's not one specific thing for that but just doing whatever uh, you know makes you feel confident and ready to go and um, present
0: yeah it's really um Interesting. Actually, I just did the thing you're not supposed to do and said, um, right. (laughs) There's all of these things that come with being a speaker, whether it's live or virtual. I've heard some really kind of fun tips about speaking virtually, though, just even the setup, like it's, it's such a a different experience because when you're on stage maybe you don't have to think about all these things but when you're doing it virtually like what does your background space look like how is your camera position what is the lighting like it's like you almost become your own little event producer to make sure that when you're speaking it is a, a nice experience for the viewer not just the content but the look and feel as well i'm sure you guys have tons of tips and tricks when it comes to that
3: yeah definitely, definitely. so uh, one thing with the Women in Leadership is that we've had a, a few external speakers coming on, and now it's kind of a little bit of a learning curve to make sure that whoever is speaking is comfortable with the Zoom platform, which is what we use. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different platforms out there that, uh, and it can sometimes be like speaking a different language between the recording and sharing screens and seeing who's talking. Uh, so. Definitely running a dress rehearsal, if you will, uh, is super important too to make sure
0: that your speaker is picking up on certain cues, they know where all the buttons are. Like knowing what the platform is that you're even using and what kind of tools there are. I think you guys even use some interactive elements to help keep the audience more engaged. Yeah, definitely.
2: And that's uh, one of the number one things I would say with these virtual presentations and trainings. I mean, it's important to make any training engaging and interactive. Otherwise, you're going to lose your participants because an adult learner's attention span runs anywhere from 90 seconds to 10 minutes, which is not that long. So if you're just speaking at them and just throwing a lot of content and information at them, it's really hard for them to uh, stay present and stay engaged in the content. Uh, They might start multitasking and things like that and on virtual everyone's in front of their laptops so it's a little bit easier for that to happen they see us um, an email notification or another notification pop up and then next thing you know they're working on a document or something like that so it's really important to engage your participants there's a lot of different things that you can do here Uh, number one thing smile and then call people by their name that's really, really important. So picking people out in your audience, calling them by name, making it personal, uh, and also just sharing your personal stories as well, but also encouraging your participants to do that too. Uh, we use a lot of different uh, interactive elements, a uh, part of Zoom, the, the platform that we use for teleconferencing, like live polling, uh, discussions, so discussions, whether that's like how we're talking right now, or maybe that's just via the chat in Zoom as well. So there's lots of different things that you can do. You just have to get a little bit creative.
0: And I know some of the virtual events that we've done recently at SteveVent, we've used you know, a whole host of different technologies. It's almost like there's this new tech stack That's not totally different than what we would use for an in-person event, but there are some modifications and tools that you could be using for virtual. I know we're using Zoom for the actual live event experience, but what other technologies are you guys using as a part of this?
2: so i actually uh, love using a mobile app a lot of the work that i do is through virtual um, learning development programs so it'll be a three-day program with a over 100 attendees and so a mobile app really helps with that there's a lot of gamification in mobile apps and you can put all of the schedules in there, content, all sorts of different information. Uh, You really can gamify that experience as well and encourage some friendly competition among the attendees, which is great. Um, And there's live Q&A in there too. So there's just a lot of capabilities with the mobile app and it kind of just keeps everyone um, organized, knowing where they need to be at what time. That's my favorite. Amanda, do you have any that
3: you use? Well, within the Zoom, one of um, the Hot Topic tools that have, we've been really utilizing are the breakout rooms, actually, and there's um, been a little bit of a learning curve with used, like being able to use them to the best of their ability. It, it was kind of exciting the first time that we did a breakout room for a large scale audience uh, with women in leadership. They uh, it was, we had like about 100 people um, and just did a speed networking round where we, put everyone in about like groups of five, set them off to go and talk with whatever was on their mind for 10 minutes, brought them back into the main room, shuffled them up and sent them on their way again. It was a way to talk with someone that was outside of their physical work environment, like your roommates or your family, or in two to even interact with people that you wouldn't normally get to on a day-to-day basis. Uh, We had folks joining from all over our North America office. And I believe we even had some of our European Sea Ventures joining as well. And it was just a great way to go and build new connections and uh, hopefully get people to interact a little bit more with outside of their normal
0: team. That's also a huge problem I think we're seeing right now, which is a lot of people are signing up for these virtual events, but the more you have, sort of the less interaction you can have in between attendees. So having these kind of smaller breakouts to allow people to network and talk is so important. Yeah, Brooke, definitely,
2: especially right now uh, in our current state, you know, people are in their homes, maybe only seeing their family and they want to connect. They want that social interaction that they're really not getting like they would in the office. So being able to infuse that into trainings into a, into virtual events is awesome. The breakouts are a great way to do that. Uh, people do want to connect, they want to be social. So it's important to be infusing social elements into your trainings and presentations.
1: Yeah, I have to say that's my, my biggest feedback with Zoom. I, I love having Zoom as an option, especially while we're all working from home. We have our happy hours where we all socialize, but it's one person that's talking at a time. And it's not like sitting around and having several conversations at once. So I think using those Zoom breakout rooms is really, really key Uh, for all of our listeners out there. If you're not using Zoom breakout rooms while you're using Zoom, um, definitely look into that because it's gonna really improve the experience. And I have to imagine, you guys came up with a lot of these cool tips not just overnight. You guys have been doing this for a while. And I have to believe because you guys, we have our, uh, we call them ACX, which is our Advanced C-Mentor Experience Meetings. And we've moved those to virtual, but this happened way before this whole work from home stuff happened. Why did we make this change as an organization and and what did you find won everybody over?
2: Like I said earlier, We're growing at an extremely fast rate and to keep up with that global workforce that we do have. It's really important to um, Find a way that is the same for everyone Uh, because you can have an in person training and then you can have zoom attendees or virtual attendees zooming in or whatever platform you're using. Uh, You can have them as like a hybrid type of deal, Uh, but That kind of doesn't give the best experience for our regional employees that are based elsewhere. So we did it to keep up with that new global needs and just to cater more to a virtual audience. Uh, Most of our employees used to be based at HQ. So in-person trainings worked great, but some of the things that work for in-person don't necessarily work. Zoom attendees and don't engage them as much. So we created this new format of program to keep up with those trends and to keep up with the needs of our workforce. And it was a huge hit just because they felt that we were talking straight to them because I'm looking right into, you know, the camera and I'm looking right at them on the screen instead of looking at people in person in front of me and not paying as much attention to the folks on this screen, if that makes sense. Uh, so that's why we did it and uh, We did it for the first time in August. I want to say it's a huge hit. So then we did it again in November and that's going to continue to be the norm, especially now as we continue to see more and more virtual trainings and events take place.
0: Well, Cody and I I certainly appreciate that, right, Cody? Because we're not in HQ. We're out on the other side of the United States. And so it is, when you're a global company, it's such a cool way to make sure that everybody feels like they're involved and you're not just like on the Zoom that's part of a room of 500 people who are also doing it in person. It's an entirely different experience when you're all doing it virtually.
1: And I love what you said, Taylor, about how in a Zoom experience, you are like face to face with people, and that makes it such a more personal experience. And I'd have to imagine that people are probably more likely to ask questions if it's a more personal experience. So, but in a Zoom experience, people are maybe verbally asking questions, they're unmuting themselves, they're using the Zoom chat, which is also super, super cool. but that sounds like it can get complicated to manage. How do you juggle the live questions and then the Zoom chat?
2: Yeah, it definitely can be tough at time, especially since those programs have 100 plus people in them. So there's quite a few people. There's a lot of activity in the chat. I would say just trying to be mindful of balancing the two. You've got people that are perfectly fine with unmuting themselves and in in speaking up to ask a question or to comment on something. So you've got those folks, but then you've got those folks that are a little bit intimidated by it that are going to be writing in the chat as well, but you don't wanna, Forget about that. You don't want to just ignore the chat. Um, otherwise, it, what's the point, right? So um, at, for me, I like to have a separate monitor or screen um, at our office. We have really awesome Zoom rooms. So we have the little tablet set up. So I like to have that right in front of me and I just check it throughout the training and the session and comment on things throughout and make it more of a conversation. Um, it does take some practice, I will say, just kind of balancing all of the different um, me- methods
3: there, but, you know, little practice uh, it seems to work. Yeah, and if you aren't as comfortable with uh, being that person with 12 hands like Taylor, um, it might be uh, beneficial for you to have someone dedicated to moderating the chat as well. And uh, you can even go and have a separate chat set up with you and your designated person so that you can communicate with each other, letting, they can let you know, oh, here's a good question that came through on the chat. Don't like wanna make sure you don't miss it because that chat can, if it's very active, you can get lost really quickly and scroll. So you wanna make sure that you are, that you're not forgetting about your online people. Another thing that you could do for your chatty Cathy's um, is even posing a challenge to them as like, okay, so tell me in 10 seconds or less your feelings on this. So it kind of puts that limit in their head already so that you can uh, swiftly move on to the next person.
0: That's a good idea.
1: (laughs) That's a good tip. 10 seconds or
0: less, ask the next question.
1: Well, I do have a good question for you guys. Cause I heard that you have a really cool women in leadership book club and happy hour that's set up. And I imagine a lot of people out there are wanting to set something up similar to that. You know, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about how our listeners could set one up on their own?
3: Yeah, definitely. So it's really important to first know your audience, um, you know, pose that question out to the group. Is this something that you want to do uh, just so that you're You're not wasting your time. You're not feeling like you're obligating people to join. Um, And what we do for Cvent is we try to focus on, you know, everyday books. It doesn't have to be specific to, um, you know, a self-help book or something that is on a specific book club. You know, we, we want to open it to all genres, all authors, all narratives. Um, so to do that, you don't also, you also don't have to own it all on your own. Uh, feel free to go and let people volunteer, uh, crowdsource to see who would be interested in taking on this role. Um, people, people love to go and share things that make them happy. So what we do is, um, uh, I, I did the crowdsourcing, got a few volunteers to sign them out for different months and, um, those volunteers post a, Slack poll, and you can do this with any sort of platform that has a poll on it, um, posing to the group, you know, out of these three books, which one are you most interested in reading and discussing for this month? And so that way it's like, you know, both both sides are being heard. Both sides are getting getting a little bit of what they want.
0: <laughs> I like that. Crowdsource it. Ask people what they want to listen or to or read or, or discuss. I mean, that's definitely going to get more people involved. You guys are really running so many programs here at c that are pivoting to virtual in this new environment, have been going for a long time in a virtual way, also very engaging and, you know, really some cool stuff that you guys have come up with. I know you also had these like top 10 tips and maybe I won't have you go through all 10 if you don't want to, but can you share some of the top tips that you did come up with how people can launch a program similar to this and, and create it in that virtual environment? Absolutely.
2: I mean, I would be more than happy to go through all 10 tips with you. In fact, I have way more than just 10, but uh, I would say the top ones, uh, we, we kind of touched on a few already, but I think it's really, really important to be comfortable with Zoom and to be comfortable presenting virtually. It is different. It is a little bit different. Some people don't really you know, feel comfortable on camera, so it's really important to get comfortable on camera get comfortable with whatever technology that you're using to put on this event, this training, because you need to be good at that. You don't want to be in the middle of a training and not know how uh, to troubleshoot something or to do something. You want to, you want it to flow and you want, you want it to be a um, graceful experience. I guess I should say. Um, So it's really important to test everything out ahead of time. Run through the training, start from the beginning, run through like you would uh, in a dress rehearsal, do the full thing out, do your entire facilitation because you don't know if you did this in person, you don't know where there might be something that doesn't work virtually. So it's very important to be practicing that. Um, And like I said, uh, you know, making, making sure you feel ready as well and that you feel confident and you feel ready to present. Uh, again, being super interactive is important as well. I would say this is, if not the top tip, definitely second, making it an interactive and engaging experience in order for it to be valuable for your attendees. You don't want them to attend something and then just be on their email the whole time. You want them to be actually adding value and part of the actual event and training itself and not observing, if that makes sense. There are so many different ways that you can make it engaging. A lot of folks are intimidated by that. Uh, They think, oh, since this is virtual, we can't do do group activities. Well, that's not true because we can use Zoom breakouts or maybe we wanna have a discussion. Uh, You can do that. You can do that through obviously just regular audio, but also there's other alternatives like the, um, the chat feature as well. Um, I think something else that's super important too is over explaining and over communicating when it comes to participating. People may, may feel intimidated by it or may not know, oh, I'm supposed to do this at this point. So it's really important to over explain. I like to send out participation instructions ahead of time, and I encourage my participants to read these instructions outlining all of the steps that they can take to participate in the training so that they're fully prepared when the training actually starts. But of course, do you think everyone reads those? Probably not. So I always go over that in the intro as well. And then I infuse uh, instruction slides or cue slides throughout the training to ensure participants know when they're supposed to take a certain action.
0: I like that.
1: Gosh, I really love what you said about just over explaining things. We use Zoom all day, every day, and I forget that there are a lot of people out there that maybe are brand new to Zoom and they don't really know how it works or how to, like, you know, even join really necessarily. So that's a really good point, I think. You guys have been so awesome to have on the podcast. I got to ask you our favorite question. If you had to leave our event professionals with one takeaway on how to be your best virtual presenter self, what would that be?
3: So I would say, you know take whatever makes you feel confident and comfortable in a physical space and apply it to the virtual space um for me when i stand in front of an audience i like to wear power heels so you know just because uh the the heels might have been gathering a little dust lately that doesn't mean that they still won't make you confident uh presenting over zoom Um, for fellas if you have a tie or a shirt, you know, go ahead and and wear that as well. Um, and, and just going and, and treating it like you're having a conversation. And my top
2: tip,
3: uh, takeaway,
2: I would say don't let it intimidate you. Don't let virtual scare you off. Look at it as an opportunity. And right now we are all adapting and we have we're having to do so many things differently than what we've done in the past because what works in a virtual environment doesn't necessarily work um, in person. So we've had to adapt in, in so many different ways. And I would say, Leverage this as an opportunity. So use this opportunity to add some skills to your toolkit to take with you after this this whole experience. Uh, Any training, any session, event can be virtualized. It just takes a little bit of extra planning. I will say there's a little bit of extra planning involved with this. Adjusting your mindset. So just thinking in a different way, thinking outside of the box and then just adding some creative thinking into that as well. But I, overall, I would say use this as an opportunity because it's a really, really cool thing. Um, our world is more connected than ever. So it's, it's, it's cool to be able to do this. It's, it's great that we're able to do virtual trainings and virtual events these days. It's great to see the technology that exists out there to do that. I
0: agree, I love the power heels too.
1: <laughs> I don't know, and I was thinking about that, Amanda, I need to get my suit out probably, you know, it's, I haven't worn that since like, what, 2017 it feels like, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I, I love what you said too, Taylor. I think it's really important to, to um, you know, embrace the fact that we have all this technology to connect. I was just thinking this morning, what if this whole situation happened like 10 or 12 years ago, how would we have survived it? So I'm very grateful that we have Zoom and ways to connect virtually uh Definitely.
0: And
1: last question i have for you guys is uh do you have anything you want to promote or share with our listeners
3: um so you know obviously uh at Sea then we're all about events and uh just because we are no longer meeting face to face or having those uh lunch and learns that we all know and love um you know doesn't mean that the industry still isn't thriving still isn't meeting and communicating and just connecting in general. So be sure to uh, check out cvent.com for the virtually posted events that we have. We've got a whole new repertoire that we're um, unleashing out with virtual happy hours and um, online uh, customer uh, focus groups. So,
0: and, uh, and anything in your industry, just be on the lookout. LinkedIn is a great way to stay up to date. And a lot of these things are now free too like steven connect is going virtual and it's free to attend so there's a Mm -hmm. lot more opportunities out there to maybe get in on some of these things where previously you didn't have the budget or couldn't travel now why not you know you can oh yeah
3: absolutely yeah
0: yeah, i remember
3: that i i had spoken to a few clients where you know sometimes they had to choose they had only within their budget of going to one annual user conference a year so uh to your point just a lot of conferences are free now so definitely take advantage of it and um echoing what taylor said this is a great time to learn and it's a great time to get creative and innovative and connecting with the people who you might not have normally gotten a chance to
0: agreed Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. You guys have a wealth of knowledge. I'm sure we just scratched the surface. Um, So maybe we can have you guys back on later to talk about some of the other innovative things that you've done. And for our listeners, we'll put more information about what both Amanda and Taylor were talking about on our um, session description, or on the description for this this episode. And you can get that at cvent.com slash podcast. So thank you again for joining us. Those two were so great to talk to. I especially loved how Amanda was talking about the power heels recommendation. Now, I haven't worn heels in over 10 years, but Cody, maybe I should invest in some power flats. What do you think?
1: (laughs) I think you should. And, And I'm starting to think about whether I should knock the dust off my suit for my next virtual presentation. I don't know how long it's been since I've worn that thing but
0: I approve of that message. I think you should definitely do that. <laughs> and for our audience to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com podcast. You can check out the episode description for a link to additional resources. And if anyone out there has tips or tricks they'd like to share, let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show.
1: And before you know it, we'll have another great episode. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.